Hello and welcome to the new moon reading for the new moon that fell um, on the 4th of November at 9.15pm UK time. And I'm apologising for the lateness of this because it is just viruses, viruses everywhere. We have in this household been down with one thing or another or several things all at the one time. And it has been difficult to find a space where um, I have been able to talk for about uh, 45 minutes. But uh, thankfully, feeling better today and so on to the reading. I'm going to do a chapter marker for those who are listening to places where you can jump to chapters because as ever, I'm going to be doing an introduction for those of you who are new to the New Moon reading and if you are, welcome. Um, so here is the introduction as, how, as to how I read the cards. It is nearly always, 95% uh, of the time, a three card reading. It is, um, I read it in real, well, in real time. In other words, I haven't looked at the cards ahead of time. Uh, so when, um, when I am talking about the cards, I have just turned them over. And the card positions remain constant. The first card that I turn over being the foundation card. So that is something that has already happened or is in the process of happening, but sort of receding in terms of its intensity. But it has in some way paved the way for what is going to happen in card number two, which is the uh, prevailing theme or the current weather for the month for the next four weeks and beyond. This theme may dominate in some way in your life, um, whether it's inside within you um, in a relationship, a business partnership or in your community or in the world, or it may be more subtle than that, but no less powerful in terms of its impact. So, and in some way, it will be connected intimately with the foundation card. Um, the what the they are interconnected, and then finally, the third card is the card where you are given um, a focus point of how it is that you can interact meaningfully with the cards, particularly with the foundation card where. In this kind of reading, you ha you can't control the foundation card because it is it's already happened or it's in progress. There's nothing you can do about that. And sometimes the themes are, well, sometimes because they're subtle, you may not necessarily know about them until they're happening, or that they are they are bigger than you, and therefore you really don't have any decision as to whether they happen or not. And in fact, I'd suggest that that's actually pretty much all of the time. But the agency or tool card is the card where you, um, it's, it's basically a way of focusing the reading through a particular lens where um, the lens is useful because you can, you can choose how to use that lens. In other words, you can choose where to, where to shift it um, and perhaps be able to home in on some, on finer detail in the overriding theme so that you have more control when I say control, maybe it's simply about knowledge being power. And I think that, that that's uh, probably one of the most useful um, pieces of power that we have is the empowerment of knowledge, insight, um, the ability to pause and to reflect about what's going on. So hopefully the tool card will be one that provides that, that means of reflection. So that is the introduction. And um, I am going into this reading slightly differently in as much as I will often refer to other 
readings if similar cards come up. And interestingly, with this reading, a particular saying came to me just before I sat down. So I'm going to be doing something slightly different. It's not really going to make much of an impact to you, I don't think, um, but who knows? It's I had the um, saying by Bion, who is um, a celebrated um, English psychotherapist or psychoanalyst. I think he's English. Um, my apologies if he isn't. But he said that, um, that the psychotherapeutic moment um, should consist of neither memory nor desire. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I will often refer to other cards previously in the reading, and uh, it's almost as if this reading feels like a standalone reading, and I'm not sure why. Um, so, and maybe also the desire part of it as well um, is is something about being able to approach the reading um, as a listener, as a participant, with um, with neither memory nor desire. So, in other words. It may be the memory gets in the way of the true meaning and the desire will also get in the way of the full use of the reading for you. So if you find yourself when it comes to um, your sort of gut feel with a card, um, rather go with that than the immediate overlay that goes over that gut feel where you where you feel like you're kind of chivying it down a particular route. Um, wanting it to turn out a particular way, making the cards mean something that perhaps your gut feel um, wasn't wasn't actually showing you. So that is the that's the saying that we're going into the reading with: neither memory nor desire. And with that, I am now going to turn over the first card, which is the foundation card. So remember, this is something that has already happened, is in the process of happening, but diminishing in terms of its intensity, but is paving the way for the second card, which will be coming up shortly. So the first card, the foundation card, is the Empress. Now, the Empress is a major arcana card. That means that it shows up, it has a sort of dual purpose in the reading. The first one is that that it can be it can explain something in in quite a sort of straightforward interpretative way about something that's going on in your world, whether that's your inner world or your outer world. But also, the Empress as a major arcana card will speak to something that is in what is known as the collective unconscious, and that is the um, aspect of um, consciousness or beingness that that is also connected with um, your soul. And so the Empress as a um, major arcana card is relatively early on in the majors. Well, actually pretty early on. The only, the only cards that precede her are the Fool, which is zero, the Magician or the Magus in this deck, which is one, and then the High Priestess, which is two. And whereas the High Priestess is about, it's the feminine aspect or the yin aspect of all of the... It's the spiritual or liminal space between creation and or the creator and matter. So she inhabits that world that is partly between the spiritual realm and the realm of matter. Um, and if you want to um, see spiritual in another way, she is the she is the mediator between the unconscious and consciousness. That doesn't mean that she can bring everything from the unconscious into consciousness just at will. Um, and in fact, um, 
well, the high priestess herself can, but we can never fully inhabit the archetype. Um, we, we can't do that. And therefore, the archetype is something that we connect with to a greater or lesser degree. But when we connect with um, the high priestess, for example, we are connecting with a sense of intuitive knowing that is not necessarily grounded in our physical world. Now, I say that with the, the high priestess to, to um, show her as the contrast to the empress, who is very much grounded in this physical world. She is the earth mother archetype. And I would like you to approach this as broadly as you need to, or as specifically as you need to. So broadly, the earth mother archetype is nature itself. It is the... Um, it is the, the cycles of nature, and not just the cycles of nature on this planet, but also the cycles and laws of nature within the entire universe. Um, she, is, she governs that idea of um, birth, death, and rebirth. So it can be a, the, um, a flower that grows from a seed in spring and then flourishes in summer and then dies back in autumn and then disappears back into the ground in winter. Or it can be that she governs the birth of a star, um, the explosion and the supernova and then the, and then the gradual dying back of the star into nothingness. But, but of course, the Empress um, in those larger cycles, it connects us with something beyond ourselves, but we, we are obviously more interested in the Empress and how she presents in this world where we live. So the Empress is Earth Mother archetype, and I'm going to read some of the writing that's on the card. So it is energy, development, evolution, fertility, success, initiative, an eye for details. And there is, there is an idea here then for being able to look at the potential for life and the potential for nurturing something in the finer detail. Now, I was going, when I was speaking in the intro, and for those of you that were listening, that um, I was talking about the tool card being a sort of focal point, a lens that you can then shift over things so that you can bring up the detail of a particular kind of you know, particular aspect of the reading, that your tool card is able to focus in on something um, more specifically. It gives you the ability to see something in finer detail. And the Empress is in some way um, demonstrating that you are quick equipped with that ability to do that. So it may be that this is very useful, um, that, that this is one of the key points of this reading, is that you are able in some way to hone into the finer detail and see something that you ordinarily would have missed, or you may have missed before, or that you would have missed if you hadn't have known about the fact that there is detail to be looked out for. Um, this will probably become clear over the course of the reading, um, but but I do think that that last one, an eye for details, is is going to be important in this reading because because the Empress is the foundation into this, and I think that um, when we're dealing with a major archetype like we are with the um, with the major arcana, it's sometimes quite difficult to pin them down into anything that is workable or meaningful to us. 
we can do it sometimes. So, for example, if a woman does a reading and says, am I going to get pregnant? She wants the Empress card if she wants to get pregnant. So that's a very particular pra practical interpretation. But sometimes the Empress shows up in other ways. And so it is. it behooves us to be aware of the fact that she rules natural cycles and she rules... The, the entire life cycle of everything around us, because by knowing that, then we know that there is there is a vast spectrum where she could be apparent in a specific form, and it will be that eye for detail that will will guide us into that. But of course, the Empress, um, incredibly feminine. That doesn't matter what sex you are. This is about femininity, being able to tap into something that is um, not the emperor. So whereas the emperor rules over the man-made domain, the, um, the domain of structures, both physical, legal, um, legislative, all of those things, um, the empress rules over the domain, of course, that's governed by natural laws. And and so, therefore, there is a certain amount of surrender to processes that are bigger than um, ourselves. Whereas the emperor wants to uh, rule his domain, and he wants to do that by bringing things under his control, and he's able to do that because of the nature of who he is and where he is and, and what he is ruling. The empress is about surrender to... Um, to cycles that are um, beyond our control to a certain degree. And it's not necessarily even surrender, but perhaps even alignment with those cycles. Um, to, resist, to resist change is to, is to sometimes subject oneself to a very bumpy ride. So, for example, with, um, with me, I've, just, I've just, come out, um, just come in from being out in the garden, which I have neglected for a very long time because I've really not felt well enough to go and garden. And um, I have been putting the garden to bed for the winter. And I don't, I generally don't enjoy that anywhere near as much as doing the gardening in early spring when I'm planting things and waiting for things to grow and then watching as things come to life. You know, by, by May, June, there's a garden full of flowers. This is different. The flowers have died or more or less died. Um, there are a couple hanging around because it's been unseasonably warm here. Um, but otherwise, this has been about cutting back, pruning back, sweeping up leaves, pulling out weeds, um, you know, basically tending to that part, that, that cycle that is um, not as pretty for most people. It's certainly not that pretty for me. I don't like it when the sun disappears. I am a sun kind of person. Even if I don't like to lie in it, I like to know that it's out there and I can look out the window or sit in some shade and enjoy it. So for me, the Empress is a good reminder of aligning with nature. So I can sit indoors the whole of winter and get really pissed off about the fact that it's cold and dank and, um, and it's raining and windy and we don't even get snow here in the UK. So it's just basically a grey, damp kind of season. And I can get pissed off about that or I can align with nature and just accept the fact that that's what's going to happen. And once I've accepted that, it's much easier then for me to participate in it. And I'm participating in it by putting the garden to bed, by going out walking, knowing that there are leaves falling around me. You know, so the, so there is, there's something there about embracing the nature of change and the change in nature. And remember, this is the natural world, but, but, 
broaden that out. You, you know, you're not necessarily thinking of nature as in a garden or, you know, a stream, but rather just life cycles. By having a foundation with that, it confers a sense of flexibility or um, a sense of being able to um, not fight against things that are much bigger, but rather able to um, hold a bit of the empress in ourselves. And so it's not even it can we we might just learn to weather the changes or we might learn to enjoy the changes, to harness the changes, to use those changes um, to work with them rather than to you know, um, sort of fold our arms and pretend that that it's all not happening. I know I'm pretty much talking about me and winter here, but I'm sure that that some of you can relate to that and and maybe more of you can relate to that idea applied in different ways about changing in the natural world and particularly with the changes going on in the environment at the moment. Um, there is something here about taking an empress-like stance, however that is for you, or that this is something that that is there and available because it's already present, it's, it's foundational. So the Empress Major Arcana card, that's your foundation, and it is leading in to card number two, and that card is the Four of Discs, which is power. Interestingly, I was talking about the Emperor, this is probably one of the most emperor-like cards in the minor arcana. Um, the emperor is four in the major arcana, and then you have the four of discs here, and of course, discs being the material world, um, anything physical. So it's not um, it's not just about the natural world; it is anything that we are interacting with. Um, so it can it can do with it can do with the garden, or it could be doing with your business, or it could be doing with a relationship, or anything like that. But it is the physical world. And there is a very, um, there is a sense with a four. Fours I, I refer to as pauses. But, and there is a sense with a four that is a sort of um, solidity to it that can, that can either work well or not so well. And we will, we will investigate that as the reading progresses. So visually, the card is strikingly different from the Empress card. Um, the colours are very different. The Empress is a very light, bright, lots of red, lifeblood. Um, I love her fur collar. I love the feathers um, on her shoulders, her epaulettes and her bodice. And I love her hair. There's just this sort of punk aspect to the Empress that I, I just, I think is amazing. It's like, she's like a punk Queen Elizabeth I. Um, and whereas the the four of discs power is dark, it's purple, it's blue, it's sky. Um, there is a heaviness to it. Can you feel it? There's a heaviness and as that, it's very difficult to come up with the word to describe it. But if something is four square, it is, um, it's, it's stable, but can also be a little bit stolid or a little bit samey. You know, um, a square is, is um, good in certain respects, but it also um, can get a little bit boring or it's um, it's limited in terms of the expression that it can that it can yield but if I look at this and let's see if there's anything written on the four of discs that may throw more light um, like the light that is coming from behind the emperor-like figure who is um, sitting on the chair behind the discs 
Um, it says integrity, um, manifestation. So I can see integrity and manifestation and power. Now, this is interesting with the four of discs because um, I'm quite ambivalent when it comes to the interpretation. I think that it is a very good safe haven to be in, um, but not permanently. And the reason I say that is that if you look at the figure there, he is, in a, he is in a position of power. It's a very, very powerful position. He's there on his chair, and it's almost as if he sent these four discs out in front of him that are basically saying to us, like, keep away, this is all mine, you can't get any closer, you know, aren't I a wealthy man? And, and, that's, and that's wonderful for him up to a point. But if you go to the Wait Smith version of the Four of Discs, I think it, it um, speaks of a story that is also here in this, well, the Four of Pentacles. It speaks to a story that's also in this one, which is that to protect one's assets um, is, can sometimes be an incredibly useful, if not necessary, thing. And if you need to do it, you have the means to do it. So in other words, there may be something coming up this month that just asks you to hang on to your resources um, in, in a way that is just um, not, to, not to fritter something away, but rather gather things towards you and, and in some way um, to bolster your reserves so that there is something that you can then use. But the, the flip side to that is that, um, and then you see it, as I said, more clearly in the Four of uh, Pentacles in the Wait Smith, is that you can't really move, So, which, you know, which is fairly bloody obvious if you think about it. I'm saying, hold on to your resources, don't do anything. Well, then, of course, you're not going to move. But there comes a point where that can, that can end up cutting you off from experience, from life, from others, and perhaps even from the enjoyment of what it is that you have. So there is this fine balance to be, um, to be walked between conserving what it is that you have, but not conserving it to the extent that you never use it, because then what are you conserving it for? Why are you, why are you holding things in reserve for no reason? Um, so the idea of power here is about in some way there is going to be um, a decision possibly that is um, that is going to make you decide whether or not you um, whether you draw things to you instead of giving things away whether you just stay put for a while um, or whether you feel like there is a certain risk in shifting and rather um, sort of going into expenditure mode rather than conservation mode. Now, it feels very clear to me that, um, that the prevailing weather in this is going to be conservation mode. I am not entirely sure from this reading whether that is um, something that you're going to come up against as a resistance or as something that comes in the form of advice. Um, it's interesting that there is such a difference between the Empress and the Four of Discs for me, not only in terms of look, but in terms of energy. And actually the Empress and the Emperor as well can sometimes, if because the Empress hinted, hinted at in the, in the Four of Discs, they can be at loggerheads with each other. Um, and, and actually, when I think of loggerheads, they can be at loggerheads. So, for example, 
um, the, the logging that's going on in the Amazon. Now, that is there to serve larger industrial financial purposes, to um, be able to provide furniture, um, wood, to be able to graze cattle, to grow avocados, perhaps quinoa, all of those things that we want or that there is a demand for. But the, the um, cost of that is the, the breaking of a natural cycle in nature that nature itself is compromised, which is why the empress, to me, does sit at odds with power, because it really is um, this this sort of standoff between the the man-made realm and then the natural world. But of course, the empress is much more powerful in terms of the fact that she's a major arcana. It's it's almost like um, a, you know, the, the head of a very large company that goes in and uses resources in a particular in a, from a particular country um, and uh, up against the idea of Gaia you know and and the and the idea that that uh, he could even think that there is any way of bargaining with um, the the fallout of what happens when those resources are used so there's there's this tension I think between the Empress and the Four of Discs on the one hand. But on the other hand, I want to look at where they can possibly complement each other. And part of that, I think, is to do with that tension. So if there is a tension or a standoff between the idea of, you know, man-made or man sort of um, basically wanting um, wanting to in some way stamp authority on a particular thing, um, that that perhaps the perhaps the way to go is to find a way for these two differing forces to negotiate some kind of way that it works for both. So the four of discs, one of the one of the words, of course, is integrity. So where is it that the idea of ruling one's realm, of staking one's claim, of holding on to what one believes or feels is, you know, theirs, where is that, um, where is that able to be tempered with, um, with an integrity to know that there is a point past which you don't need to go? So in other words, um, you take as much as you need and you hold on to that, but then you don't take any more. I don't want to, I don't want this to be a moralizing thing at all because I don't think it's that. I, I really don't, the cards are not moralizing. And if there is any moralizing, that's coming from, you know, the interpreter, i.e. I, yours truly. And that's not really it. But there is an uneasy sense of being able to work with these two energies together. But the way that they can work is to acknowledge the other, so for, for the Four of Discs to acknowledge the presence of the Empress, for the Four of Discs in some way to be tempered by the fact that the Empress has been an energy that is foundational to this, um, and in some way to act with integrity within the remit that the Four of Discs asks for. So um, power does not have to come at a cost to the cycles, the natural cycles of your life, that power can actually fall in with the natural cycles of your life. There is no necessity to impose 
um, some kind of tyrannical um, tyrannical regime over what it is that is entirely natural. Now, that sounds like it could be some massive political power play. I mean, I've already talked about logging and all of that. I don't mean that. Um, it, it, it's, it could be that. I mean, it's certainly playing out in the world at the moment. But I think that there is also an incredibly personal experience of working with power and integrity in one's own life over the smaller things that are to do with natural cycles. So, for example, being able to work with integrity and a sense of manifestation, of being able to control um, and align with the ability to manifest and control um, aspects of your own life, your physical life, your health, your well-being, your resources, um, in a way that um, that honors your body and your well-being and the well-being of you as a part of this planet. Um, again, that sounds like a grand idea, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, I am aligning with nature by going out in the garden and, and doing what I do in the garden. But, but when I'm out there, it's no, it's no sort of grand gesture. It is simply um, a small gesture that feels personally meaningful to me in my little sphere, which is my postage stamp size garden you know, in the east of England, um, but, but is connected to something bigger. And so there is an opportunity this month to experience um, a sense of holding to your own in terms of resources, whether they are your financial resources, your physical resources, i.e. your own body, um, or the resources that are created or held um, by more than one person in your life, including you. Um, and where it is that you hold on too tightly um, and where it is that um, holding on just tightly enough is able to afford some sense of stability and security without alienating or separating you off from everything, including the Empress. So, um, so it's a fine line to tread with the Four of Discs between being an authority in your realm and then becoming um a bit of a dictator about it, or you know, another way, a bit of a dick about it. You know, it it's of of pushing people away or not allowing them to come closer, or pushing opportunities away and not allowing them to come closer. And excuse me, that was my cat sneezing in the background. In other words, being some kind of um, benign leader or ruler in your realm. Where, um, where resources are shored up that are, that are useful and beneficial, that they offer um, a sort of protection, that they are, able to, um, they are able to sort of fuel you over perhaps a time where, where resources are short, um, to conserve energy, to conserve money, but in some way then for a reason, because a four is a pause, it's not a stop. So it's a pause, and then the understanding behind that is that there is a shift out of that. There has to be a shift. But to avoid shifting directly into the melee of the fives, because you don't necessarily need to do that, or you can negotiate it as clearly as possible, is to be able to uh, work with the four in a way that is, um, that, is very, that is kingly, 
you know it's like a a, a very a deft emperor some an emperor that 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 um commands respect rather than demands it or you know or or punishes people if they don't so so somewhere coming up this month there is going to be this moment where where your resources around you whether they are physical or human are there to just um in some way hold you steady or that the resources you need to hold the resources steady um, for a particular reason possibly not for very long um, but just in order to create a little bit of space so that you're then able to um, do whatever it is that you need to do the problem is then of course and as I've said that the space mustn't be so spacious that it is alienating to others to you uh, that there is no movement. So you go back to the figure in the Four of Pentacles, for example, in the Waite Smith. Um, it's a, there, you know, there is there is a time and place to hold on to those pentacles the way that he is. But of course, he can't move. He can't he can't go anywhere with that. So so it's it's a temporary measure in order to achieve something, and then there is the shifting through. So that is your that is your theme for this month is the idea of power. What is power? You know, when is power used? When is it employed? When is it misused, abused? Um, and when is it that you run the danger of misusing it and abusing it? And not necessarily in an outward way, but in an inward way as well. Where is it that you have integrity? Where is it that you can bring things into fruition through the correct use of resources by working with a sense of scarcity and understanding that that scarcity means that things need to be pulled in for a while, temporarily, and, and how it is that then you can bring things through by doing that without um, going into some kind of miser or, you know, poverty consciousness which is the five of pentacles in the Waite Smith and the way you do that of course is then to tap back into the empress that idea of um, back to the body back to the natural world back to a sense of abundance fertility fecundity so the fertility is another one so there and then I go back to fertility written on the card and then an eye for the details and so the eye for the details, I think, is going to be something that, that helps you to negotiate the four of discs in a way that has grace. So one of the phrases that's just come to me, you know, as the as the figure in, in power is, don't forget where you've come from. Don't forget your roots. Don't forget about the things that you have depended upon and have been have fed you, but also the things that depend upon you um, in being able to solidify your position in some way. You can also um, be observant towards and and supportive of the very things that you hold dear, which in some way have brought you to this point. And, um, and some of those things are profoundly important because they've been with you from the beginning. They are part of the world that you are in. It is about not losing your rootedness into the world. The four can be shallow. 
Um, if you are pulling in or just conserving things, then your world can get very small in that sort of fortress-like environment. And in fact, if you look at the Thoth version of this card, it is a fortress. Now that is all well and good, but then everything becomes about the fortress and it's very difficult to see past the four walls. And, and actually the Empress is asking you to take a broader view, to remember that, that the roots that um, that connect you to your life, to life itself, sink way deep down into the ground. From a shamanic perspective, those roots need to be in the ground. Otherwise, there is a sense of groundlessness or an ungrounded sense. And, and um, energy is expended over nothing and, and nothing much is achieved. And, and often the cost is your own sense of equilibrium and health. But those roots aren't just um, shamanic. They are also roots into one's own past, into one's own ancestors. This is about being aware of being human, having a lineage, understanding where you came from, whether that was pleasant or less than pleasant. There's no need for you to necessarily go and commune with, um, with where your roots are, but to just be aware of the fact that those roots are there and that they, in some ways, influence you quite profoundly and perhaps even in ways that you, um, that you aren't aware of. And there's that eye for details as well. Where it is that your roots um, have, have in some way played a seminal part of, um, in who you are and what your life looks like now. And, and those ways can be quite visible. They could be right in front of you and not notice and you not notice them. And they can be more subtle and invisible. And it is really about understanding that we are all um, related. You know, we, in other words, we are interrelated. Um, we carry the psychology of our ancestors. You know, we carry our parents' psychology, their parents' psychology. That idea of the cycles of nature, um, there's something about being able to be your own person and hold to something while also knowing that you can never cut yourself off from what it is that you have come from. Um, but there will be a need to hold to something or there will be a moment where it feels prudent to um, exercise that sense of manifestation and integrity by bringing your resources to, you know, bringing them towards you and just hunkering down for a bit, but just for a bit. This is not about isolation. That is, this isn't about pretending that, um, that nothing can get to you and you are not impacted by others. I'll trust that that is going to become clear over the course of the month, but of course, bring your mind back to the Empress all the time, because without the presence of the Empress, you would not be experiencing the Four of Discs. She is the foundation. She is um, a key player in this. And then the tool card or the card of agency, in some way focusing into this reading, because it's very broad, isn't it? I mean, I, I will trust that you will, you will have the experience of the Four of Discs and Empress in your own way, and it will be unique to you. And and that it will it will make itself apparent in some way. But the tool card will further focus that. And that is the four of cups, which is luxury. So another four, another sense of um, 
of a pause or a moment to reflect. And, um, and this one's very clear for me. The Four of Cups is an interesting card because it is such a fantastical image on the front that sometimes it's quite difficult to get to in terms of the meaning. I often say it's very Dali-esque. There is a surreal aspect to it. I'm always entirely taken in by that, that what I call that, that some kind of you know, slug, cosmic slug that's on the front, but actually now feels like a sort of cloth or almost like a, a very, a very climped-like picnic blanket that's getting swept up in this vortex. But I think that the, the message here is, is really very clear. And that is the idea of the, um, because, because the four of cups is again, a very big contrast from the four of discs and also a contrast from the empress. But the four of discs and the four of cups are almost um, the, the opposite of each other in terms of the meaning in this deck. The meaning in this deck is, is almost um, whimsical next to the very considered and serious and sober um, figure in the Four of Discs. There is no human figure in the Four of Cups. It is all about sort of things spilling over and into this sort of voluptuous, um, just um, dancing kind of movement of luxury, as the card is. There's golds and purples, it's very royal. Those are the colours that are also in the background of the Six of Cups in this deck, um, and which is pleasure. So there is something here about really delving into sensual pleasures, in, in reveling in luxury, in being queen-like, in being um, empress-like, I guess, but the empress that's, uh, that's, um, that really has kind of shifted away from the laws of nature and rather more turned to, the, um, turned to the idea of what is valuable or precious in the human world, which isn't necessarily natural. So this interplay between the four of discs and the four of cups, I think for me, the, the middle path is being able to um, get sucked into the extremes of neither of these. So getting sucked into the extreme of the four of discs is to become so bogged down in your stuff, in your possessions, in your need to cling on to something with all your might. And remember, it's in your physical world. So this will be... Um, this will be your resources or a relationship or, uh, you know, a business venture or something. So to get bogged down in your need to cling to that or to fritter everything away in this beautiful sort of um, mindless um, sort of party mode where you just go and sort of blow the whole shebang, go out in the town and just spend everything, spend, spend, spend and, you know, indulge, indulge, indulge. And, and so the fine line between that is the is that moment that I was saying in terms of the, the four of discs, where you um, know when to let go of the of the discs. You know when to stop grabbing things towards you, but you don't um, you don't allow those discs to just sort of Almost as soon as they've gone into your hands, they're, they're just disappearing, poof, you know, as you go off and spend or you go off and do this and indulge and all of that. Um, luxury is, is wonderful in terms of this card. I love the idea of it. But if you look at it, there isn't much substance to it, if you see what I mean, because it all feels slightly fantastical. 
So once, you know, all of that stuff, you've, you've had your spending spree. So for example, it's, the, it's like you've gone and saved your money. And of course, you know, you, you save your money, you've got to spend it at some time, but then to go out somewhere and then just blow it all at a casino where, and you don't get anything for it, it might be fun at the time, luxury, this, um, this card, like a roulette wheel in the middle, but actually you then have nothing to show for it. What was the reason why you were why you were saving it? Well, if you saved it just to blow it, that's great. You found your balance. That's it. There, there's your balance. But if you were saving it and then somehow the Four of Cups is some kind of reaction against that. So in other words, it, it is a total rebellion against the sturdiness, steadfastness and rather staid Four of, um, four of Discs. If the Four of Cups becomes a rebellion against the Four of Discs, then you can end up making some pretty dubious, um, pretty dubious decisions in terms of what it is that you do, because you're not doing it from a, a rootedness, the Empress. You're not doing it from a sense of groundedness in what is true for you, that idea of integrity and manifestation. You're doing it because you you are in some way sticking two fingers up at um, the figure in the four of discs. So and then and, and then in the end, um, in the end, you know, the, the person who's who's poorer off is is you. So so it's I think that the tool card here is to be aware of or be on guard for um, a reaction against something rather than a response to something. There is a very big difference in that. Reacting against um, is aligning with the very thing that you're reacting against. They are two sides of the same coin. They always are. They're inseparable. Um, rebelling against something is, is to, in one way or another, utterly align with it. But to respond to something, to be able to notice contrast, to be able to look at one's own behavior, look at the finer detail of one's behavior, to be rooted in your sense of self. But not only that, rooted in a sense of awareness that you are part of something bigger, to be observant of natural cycles and the natural world, which in some way is an antidote to the sheer explosive luxury of the Four of Cups, is to return to what is important is to return to that single ace of cups that is there sitting separately, sort of off towards the rest of the reading. It is to remember what it is that's important. It's to remember what it is that you really love. Um, it is to remember what is closest to your heart rather than um, flinging things at somebody or flinging things away because um, in some way you don't want to deal with the reality of what's going on. And perhaps one of the realities is that you don't want to deal with what's closest to your heart because perhaps that's the most threatening thing of all is the thing that is close to your heart. And, um, and that feels important with this because, because in some way I think it goes back to the idea of of what matters, um, what matters, and I and I mean that in its you know in its literal and metaphorical sense, and the Empress of course connecting us into our bodies, uh, which is then our bodies are the biggest barometers of truth that we have. 
So where the four of discs can serve us, um, completely identifying with the four of discs, I don't think will serve in some way. And completely throwing the four of discs out doesn't serve either. And at the bottom of this, this is about something that is really deeply heartfelt and so renders you vulnerable, which might make you want to run away screaming or spend yourself into a, you know, a, a fury or throw those discs out like that figure is and just keep them there so that people can't reach you. Um, so, so this reading is actually quite complex. And I think one of the reasons being that the Empress is the first card. As soon as you start on a major, you know you're in for something because it's how the major then shapes into our everyday lives. And that is with the, the two fours, the two following fours. So while the four of the four of cups is the tool card, I think it's more of a tool of notice this. Notice um, what is luxurious, how much is too much luxury. So that's that is important. And of course, central is the, the four of discs, because this is this is really um you know, one of the things that's going to be playing out is this kind of, you know, con conservation of something or the call to conserve or hold still. But actually, what's really going on underneath this is um, is what um, is our connection into something bigger, because that's going to serve us with the other two cards. I will leave it there as ever with the um, with the invitation that if you want to send me any questions, any comments, then please do. You can send them to sarah at integratedtarot.com. You can contact me via my website. You can contact me via Facebook. Um, but otherwise, I will send this out to you once more with a small apology for its lateness. But it is here, finally, and I will speak to you again next month. Take care. Bye. <laughs>